0: All right. Well, good morning, everyone. We've had uh, some technical difficulties this morning. So, but I think we've got a kind of a makeshift situation here that's going to work. Apologize for the technical difficulties. We are figuring this out on the fly, this live streaming stuff. And so we had some audio issues with our normal setup, streaming this directly from my cell phone. But... We're live on KPET Radio, and that should be working fine. And we're live on Facebook. You can join us on Facebook. You can go to our website, fumclamisa.com, and join us there. And I think we're going to make this work. So give me feedback. If this doesn't work, uh, let me know. But we're going to continue working on our technology here. This is a work in progress. We didn't really intend on having to have online church as soon as we did uh, because of the situation we're in. But welcome. Welcome to worship with us here. Glad you're joining us online. We've had quite a few people, not only from our church family, but uh, people from all over the country really have been joining us online, our services. And so if you're a member of our church family, welcome. If you're not a member of our church family, Welcome. We're glad you're joining us for worship this morning here at FUMC La Misa. A couple of uh, tidbit items. Last week, we asked you to submit some prayer requests, which you did, but I was not looking in the correct place. And so we're going to try and correct that this morning. We'll pray over the prayer requests that were submitted last week, and we'll also uh, collect prayer requests today if you'd like us to pray. Send an email this time. And so this will work both for our listeners on KPET and those who are joining us online. Send an email to email at fumclamesa.com. That's one place. We'll collect those prayer requests, and we'll pray over those at the offering time. And so send those in as we're worshiping this morning, and we'll be able to pray over those together. Uh, We want to be sure that we do that and... I want to go over a couple of other things as well. And so, Shelly, thank you. Thanks for opening up. We, we intended on having Shelly play for us early while we were waiting for the service to start, but we were doing technical difficulty uh, things. So that's good. Thank you, Shelly. A couple of things we need to talk about. Obviously, we are having an odd year this year. 2020 is uh, shaping up to be a very unusual year, and so we just want to take a moment to address that. Typically with our series that we've been in, we would finish the series. We've been doing uh, Mission Month. We've been talking about our participation in world missions, which is a very important project, but this is going to be one of those services where our regularly scheduled programming has been interrupted by some unusual circumstances. And so I just wanted to address that up front. Everybody knows the coronavirus has canceled life worldwide, not just in the United States, worldwide. And so I just got a report, Zach just provided me with a report from the city of La Mesa. And this is as of yesterday, uh, that non-essential businesses are closed to the public. And so if you've heard, if you haven't heard, uh, we have had, Zach, Was it, three confirmed cases? In La Mesa we have three confirmed cases of coronavirus. And so we're going to be especially mindful of that here. Uh, and so you can pretty much count on the fact that for the next two weeks, and yes, I know that includes Easter, all church activities will be canceled. We'll still be having church online. Um, We're still going to be providing content on our Facebook page. I will be on my Facebook page. So uh, please, if you're not on Facebook, you can still view the posts. If you go to uh, our church website, FUMCLAMISA.com, there's a link to both our YouTube page and our Facebook page. And both Zach and myself will be providing content to stay connected, to keep you informed throughout the week. I invite you to go to my personal Facebook page, facebook.com uh, forward slash Kendall Meek. And I, I sometimes post some stuff on that page, news that you don't catch on the corporate media. Uh, and so I would encourage you to go there and stay connected as well. But we've, we've done a good job of that so far, staying connected. Everyone's more active on social media right now since we're on quarantine. And I just wanted to share a couple of articles with you that uh, came past my attention this week. The first is from Christianity Today. Christianity Today is a magazine. And the title of the article is an Easter without going to church. It's going to be a reality that we're facing this year. We're going to probably have church online. And I know that certainly upsets me. Most pastors I know, it's our biggest day of the year. And so that's very disappointing, but the reality is that's probably the best decision for us right now. And I just wanted to share with you some of the things that Christianity Today had to say about that. So the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued a formal recommendation that public gatherings be postponed or canceled for the next eight weeks. I don't know if we're going to really last that long or not, but certainly for the next two weeks we'll try and comply with that. For organizations that serve high-risk populations, which would include ours, the threshold is 10 people, and so we've got fewer than 10 people here today. Though most churches aren't even doing that, Easter worship as we've known it is doomed. And so there are two different perspectives. Just like most other things we're kind of taking two extremes on this topic. Some people are saying you don't Really have faith in God if you're not meeting, and we're being irresponsible in our faith if we're not meeting. Uh, But there's another perspective, and I think that's probably the one that we embrace, we're embracing here. And so that's the perspective, again, outlined by Christianity Today. Even if we do practice stringent hygiene and social distancing, coming together as congregations in the face of this pandemic, actually mars our witness. Rather than looking courageous and faithful, we come off looking callous and even foolish, not unlike the snake handlers who insisted on playing with poison as proof of true faith. And so, in other words, you can exercise your faith by meeting together and trusting God to keep you safe, or you can exercise your faith Trusting that we're all present online, even if it's online, for a short time we will be just fine. And when we come back together, God's probably going to do something unique and special with uh, our trusting him to stay connected with him and each other through the presence of the Holy Spirit, even though we're meeting online. And so an important example of why we're making the choice that we're making in Arkansas A greeter was the first coronavirus death at Arkansas Church, where 34 were infected. And so a greeter at an Arkansas church was infected with coronavirus and infected 34 other people. And so there's a good reason why we should not be testing God in this season, but uh, just being sensible, being reasonable. Even though we need to understand According to Oxford University in England, research, their research shows fewer than one person in 1,000 requires hospitalization for this disease. So this isn't something to freak out about or hoard toilet, pa- toilet paper or food over, but we also want to be sensible and make good choices to keep high-risk populations safe. And so for the next two weeks, At least until further notice, all church activities are going to remain canceled and we'll continue joining each other together online. And church, let me just encourage you, we're reaching people that we would not otherwise reach because of this season. We're getting technological issues that we wouldn't have paid that much attention to worked out in this season in ways that we wouldn't. And so God is still using this time together to do some important things. Okay. That being said, a little more news. As we all know, this has been a highly unusual year. I think we're all ready for 2020 to calm down and get back to normal. But I just want to make sure that you're aware of, because this coronavirus news has just dominated our news cycle and uh, our awareness. There are actually a lot of things going on we need to be mindful of and pay attention to. And so we're only three months, little less than three months into 2020, and I just wanna make you aware of some things that are going on. First of all, right out the gate in 2020, we had a dust-up with Iran, which uh, threatened all-out war right out the gate in 2020. Then, this is a report from Time Magazine, I don't know if this has hit your awareness or not, But there have been plagues of locusts in Africa and the Middle East. So according to time, over the past few months, massive swarms of locusts, one of which occupied an area more than three times the size of New York City, have devoured crops across the Horn of Africa and the Middle East, leaving an estimated 20 million people at risk of famine. The first generation's eggs are starting to hatch, and now even bigger swarms are forming, threatening countries from the Dominican Re- Democratic Republic of Congo to Yemen, Iran, Pakistan, and India, representing an unprecedented threat to food security and livelihoods. So that's happening, and so that's a situation that could grow and develop and create problems. Next of all, you may or may not be aware of the fires that are happening in Australia 15 million acres were burned in Australia, according to NPR, the source of this. These are the deepest, wettest parts of the whole landscape, pure rainforest, he says. To see them burning, it was like this dissolution of the biosphere. It was like this isn't supposed to happen. Australia's season followed years of increasingly deadly and large fires around the world. Flames scorched more than a fifth of the country's forests, a globally unprecedented amount. And then lastly, I don't know if you're aware of all of the earthquakes that have been happening, a lot of them right here in West Texas. And so there were nine earthquakes that have shaken West Texas just this week. A record-setting 5.0 magnitude earthquake hit near the Permian Basin town of Orla, Texas on Thursday morning. U.S. Geological Survey officials say the quake occurred at 1016 a.m., 16 miles southwest of Orla. There have been 61 earthquakes in West Texas this year, but this was the strongest recorded in the region's history. And, of course, there have been earthquakes happening all over the world, really, in the past week. One was in Salt Lake City. Uh, it's the strongest record earthquake on record for Salt Lake City, and uh, an unfortunate thing happened on the top of the the major Mormon temple there. There's an angel, a golden angel at the top of the temple, and it dropped its trumpet as a result of the earthquake, and so there was some damage done there, and I think that's kind of an unusual thing, that the angel just dropped its trumpet off the top of that tabernacle. And of course, you all know the COVID-19, or the coronavirus news, And there will probably be economic shoes to drop still yet as our response to this virus. And so in light of all of that news that is going on right now, I wanted to read a Bible verse. Emma, would you mind handing me my Bible, please? I've been running around scrambling, fixing technology issues this morning. But I wanted to read to you from the Gospel of Luke chapter 21, and I'm going to start in verse 29. Now think about this. And church, hear what I'm saying. Don't hear what you you hear in your head. Listen to what I'm saying, and and don't draw any conclusions that I'm not trying to, to make. Luke 21, verse 29 He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Now, these things are things like what I've just described that's happening in the news right now. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful. Hear this, church. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, with drunkenness, and with the anxieties of this life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch. And pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. And so hear what I'm saying. And don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that Jesus is returning in seven years. I'm not saying it's the end of the world. I'm not saying that it's not either. What I'm saying is we need to be obedient to Scripture, we need to watch, and we need to pray, and we need to be prepared in season and out of season for whatever might come. And so I just want to be careful to keep that in mind. One last bit of news I want to share before I ask Emma to come up and do some music for us this morning. This was just in the news this morning from The Guardian, that's a UK newspaper. A man named Gordon Brown who's the former Prime Minister of Great Britain calls for global government to tackle coronavirus. And so Gordon Brown has urged world leaders to create a temporary form of global government to tackle the twin medical and economic crises caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. All very interesting tidbits of news that we need to be mindful of that isn't getting the attention that it might otherwise get because of the coronavirus pandemic. And so church, let me open us with a word of prayer. Emma, if you want to come on up and uh, get prepared to lead us in some songs. Church, let's pray, and let's pray for our community, La Mesa, that has three confirmed cases of coronavirus. Uh, let's pray for our church community. Let's pray for our denomination. Let's play, pray for our leaders around the world. This is an important season that we're in, that they would have wisdom to know how to lead us through uh, not only what we're going through right now, but the fallout that's going to come as a result of what we're going through right now. So I invite you to join with me in prayer at this time. Father, we thank you for your presence. Again, we want to pray that your presence would fill not only this space that we're worshiping in right now, but every home that's tuned in and connected with us online. Holy Spirit, we pray that your presence would come and fill those homes, the minds and the hearts of the people who are joining us. The Word of God says there's no distance in the Spirit. And so, Father, we recognize that your presence is 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 drawing us together as one, just like it would if we were all here together. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray for Lamisa and Dawson County, that you would uh, just give us the strength and the grace to endure this season where we're being tested with this virus. Give us strength and grace to endure and to stand strong. Father, we just pray that Your healing power would touch those who need healing in this season. And Father, all over the country, we pray that you would give our leaders wisdom and insight on how to protect us against this disease and also protect us from an economic crisis that we could have avoided. And so, Father, we pray for wisdom on both of those fronts. We want your leadership to be expressed in regards to those two things. Father, we're grateful for the service we have today. Thank you for Emma. Bless her as she leads us in worship. Bless Shelly as she leads us playing the piano. And just bless us as we get into the message that you have for us later. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Up the church email right here. It should be in there because I get on my phone
1: and see if we've got any prayer requests. Uh,
0: you using your phone.
1: Uh, Patty was asking for
0: prayer for Ron I've got that. Okay. Doesn't look like we've got any, does it? Thank you, Emma. Well, now we're going to continue our worship like we always do with our giving. And so, church, I want to first of all thank you. Uh, Most pastors have expected and experienced a decrease in giving over this season, but you have been faithful, and our giving has been great. So thank you for continuing to give faithfully to the church and to continue your worship of God with your giving. We want to encourage you at this time, you can give through our website, FUMCLAMISA.com. In the upper right-hand corner or on your phone, you'll click the menu. And there's a Give link, so you can give securely online. Or you can mail a check, as most of you have been doing, to P.O. Box 438. That's the address, P.O. Box 438. That is also on our website. If you go to the Contact link, you can find that there. And so, church, let's continue our time of worship with our giving. And just trust God in this season to continue providing not only for our church, but but for churches all over La Mesa and Dawson County. Uh, We just want to believe God that his work, it not only continues, but that he uses this as an opportunity to increase what he's doing in churches all over our town and county. So church, let's pray together and believe God for that very thing in this season. Father, thank you. And we just ask your blessing, as we always do, we ask your blessing over this time of worship with our giving. Father, thank you for being so generous to this church. We recognize your grace in this season. It's enabled us to do things like this, even though we're learning how to do it better and how to do it well. It's enabled us to do it at all. So thank you for blessing this church and blessing the ministries of this church. Blessing churches all over Lamisa and Dawson County. Father, we pray that your spirit would be just blessing churches in surprising and amazing ways as a result of what's happening right now. We pray that you would use this crisis to do something great for your kingdom that wouldn't have otherwise been done, as we've already been seeing you doing. And so, Father, thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I hope you got to hear that and enjoy it just like we did here. I want to go ahead and pray for some of the prayers that we've had requested. Uh, I did get a Facebook message from Ray Stevens, and so right before the service, and he wanted to report that his dad is doing better than expected, and so praise God for that. I'm going to just repeat the prayer requests that we have received and at home. Do it just like we're here. Whenever I say the person's name, You say back, this is our prayer. And God knows what the situation is, and we're just bringing these people and families before Him. And so we pray for Shirley Stevens. This is our prayer. We pray for the Rick Zimmerman family. This is our prayer. We pray for Ron Nix. This is our prayer. We pray for Bonnie Sullivan. This is our prayer. Van Gentry. This is our prayer, and we pray for Bill Record and family. This is our prayer. Amen. Father, thank you for reaching out to every situation that we mentioned, touching every person, every family. Father, we're grateful that you hear our prayers, and heaven is moved in some way in response to every situation that we brought before you. Thank you in advance for how you're going to touch each one of those situations in Jesus' name we pray together. And all seven to ten of us said, Amen. And however many are online with us this morning, Amen. Well, Church, I have a message, and we actually have a fun little thing at the end of this message. I had intended to already have this on both our Facebook and YouTube pages, but as I mentioned, we scrambled around a little bit Uh, getting things together, and from what I understand, we've even tweaked some things and improved some things as the service has been going on. And so, But stay posted. After the service, I'm going to put a link on our Facebook page and on our website to a place where you can do some follow-up on today's sermon. So maybe later this day, later in the week, you can go and watch a video about the book of Jeremiah, because that's who we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about Jeremiah the prophet and the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament. And there are some really good Bible videos uh, that you can find online. And this one is over Jeremiah, and it will help you do some additional study on this book after the sermon. So stay tuned on our Facebook page and on our website, and maybe you can catch up with that later this week. It's about a five-minute video but they're really well done and informative, and I think it'll, uh, it'll be good follow-up today's, to today's sermon. So we're going to be in the book of Jeremiah talking about the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah uh, is an interesting guy. He, was, he is known as the suffering prophet. And so he was called by God to preach a message to the nation of Judah that they did not want to hear. He was called to preach to them at a time frame where God was really dealing with them in some ways that were severe and remarkably difficult. And his message was very unpopular, and he got a lot of pushback uh, in his time frame. And so I want to talk about Jeremiah, because he lived at an unusual time frame, just kind of like what we're living in and going through now. And Jeremiah is interesting, because Jeremiah, as a prophet, as a preacher, as a man of God, he was called to suffer. He was called to suffer. And so I want to look at his call. We're going to look at a few passages from the book of Jeremiah. I want to look at his call from Jeremiah chapter 1. And I'm going to be in Jeremiah chapter one, verse 17. And so I hope you're following along at home, either on your phones or you have a Bible handy and you can follow around with me. I'll be in about uh, three different places in Jeremiah this morning. So here's what it says in Jeremiah 117. Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them, whatever I command you. Do not be terrified by them or I will terrify you before them. Today I've made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. In other words, the prestigious, the high-status, important people of the land, I've called you to take a stand against them. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. And church, that message that God gave Jeremiah did characterize his preaching career. Those people did all come against him consistently throughout his preaching career. And let me tell you, that is not a comfortable thing. To endure. When you're preaching a message and the message that you're preaching doesn't unfold in a really fast time frame, you're preaching a message and it doesn't look like it's coming true immediately, and then you're getting major pushback from all of these high status, important people who don't like your message, church, that is an extremely difficult calling to endure. And Jeremiah was called specifically to stand up and to suffer and to endure all of those things we described. I wanted to read to you from some of the things that Jeremiah had to say about what God called him to suffer. And he says some very brutally honest and open things about just how he felt. In the midst of the suffering that God was calling him to. I'm going to flip to Jeremiah 15. And I'm going to read verses 15 through 18. Here's what Jeremiah says about the calling that that God has called him, that God has burdened him with. Jeremiah 15, verse 15. Lord, you understand. Remember me and care for me. Avenge me. On my persecutors. You are long suffering. Do not take me away. Think of how I suffer reproach. For your sake. When your words came. I ate them. They were a joy. And my heart's delight. For I bear your name. Lord God almighty. I never sat in the company of revelers. Never made merry with them. I sat alone. Because your hand was on me and you had filled me with indignation. Why is my pain unending and my wound grievous and incurable? You are to me like a deceptive brook, like a spring that fails. Church, that is powerful. That is honest words of how Jeremiah felt his pain was unending, this isn't going away. This calling that you give me, this situation that you've placed me in, this isn't going away. And it feels like God, is what Jeremiah is saying at the end, it feels like to me, God, you're failing me. It feels like you've called me to something and you promised something and it doesn't look like what I signed up for. This isn't working out like I expected. And so Jeremiah is being very open and honest about the life that God has called him to, the message that God has called him to, and the fact that the suffering that he was enduring, seemed unending. And what's interesting, church, is God's response to Jeremiah. Jeremiah is the suffering prophet. He's suffered consistently in his life. He's Been very vocal and open and honest with God about his pain and suffering. And here's what God's answer to him is. This is Jeremiah 12, verse 5. This is God's response to Jeremiah's complaining. Here's what God says to Jeremiah. If you've raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with the horses? If you stumble in a safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? In other words, what God is saying to Jeremiah is, Jeremiah, this stuff that you've been going through so far is really just the warm-up. The real competition isn't coming to later, and it's going to be far worse. God's telling Jeremiah, listen, Jeremiah, You need to get your mind right. This is nothing compared to what's coming for you. And the thing that I've called you to, yes, the sacrifice is going to be great, but so will the reward. So get your mind right. Get ready, like I told you in your calling. Get ready. Prepare yourself. Because this is just the dress rehearsal. These are just Practice reps that you're going through right now. I've got something way more intense coming. What's interesting, if you look at Jewish tradition about Jeremiah, we don't have anything in scripture or primary sources about Jeremiah's death. But according to Jewish tradition, At the end of things, when all was said and done, when Jeremiah had completed his ministry, when God had done what he intended to do, when Jeremiah had completed his ministry, it says that Jeremiah suffered martyrdom by being sawn in half by the king of Judah, Manasseh. So it's interesting. God promised that Jeremiah had a specific calling. God promised that he would strengthen Jeremiah to stand up against the opposition that he received. God God promised that they would not overcome Jeremiah. But the end of things didn't look exactly what I would have expected if I'd received that message from God. Being martyred by being sawn in half sounds kind of different from what I was promised in my original calling. And so, church, how do, we, how do we think about that? Jeremiah was called to suffer. God made promises to Jeremiah about standing up to the suffering that he was going to face and, and not being overcome. And ultimately, what that promise, how it translated into Jeremiah's life was, his life purpose was protected. His ministry was protected. The message God called him to preach was protected. We're still receiving it to this day. That was not overcome. But when Jeremiah had completed his mission, God gave him the gift, the grace of martyrdom. Because his ministry was completed. And so God's promise was in regards to Jeremiah's life, his ministry, his calling, But that was no guarantee that Jeremiah was going to be safe at the end of his life uh, from from the the pushback that was coming after him. Jeremiah was called to suffer, and he's he's an example for all of us right here and right now. There's some important lessons we can learn from the life and the ministry of Jeremiah. Because just like Jeremiah was called to suffer, Church, the scripture says in many, many, many places, just a few references, 1 Peter 4.1, 1 1 Peter 5.10, 2 Corinthians 4.17, I could go on and on and on. Church, just like Jeremiah was called to suffer, every believer in Jesus Christ is called to suffer. As a matter of fact, it says in 2 Corinthians 4.17 that we're not to... Be overly concerned with this life's light and momentary troubles, which are preparing for us an eternal weight of glory. It's preparing something very important and special for us in eternity, in this life. We will have light and momentary troubles. Much like the ones that we're going through right now, and it will probably continue to unfold this year. Church, what we were going through right now is just light, and momentary troubles, it really is nothing. Really, the perception of what is going on right now is worse than the reality. The perception is worse than the reality. And our exaggerated response to this crisis really points out to us how we will do anything. We will take any measure to avoid any suffering of any kind. The the mass quarantine that we're in right now, the intent of it is to avoid suffering. You purchase insurance. We purchase lots of different types of insurance. Why? To avoid suffering. We go through all kinds of links. Why are we hoarding toilet paper and food right now? To avoid suffering. It's something that we have kind of made a fine art of in the United States, trying to avoid the very thing that God has called each and every one of us to suffering. And really we had uh, the House here last weekend and of course as you know as we learned they serve in uh, Indonesia and I was talking to the House about whether or not they even wanted to come and preach at church since we were on quarantine and they were perplexed. They are like, why is the world going crazy? Uh, we don't understand. This isn't that big of a deal. Yes, we want to come. Because you see, the Lunals, as missionaries in some place like Indonesia, reaching the people that they reach, they face far worse diseases. They face far greater threats. They, fa- they face much more danger. They expose their kids. One of the stories that I was told was that Dan Lunow, when his son was very young, allowed his son to go on a trip of several weeks with this tribe that he had reached and really wasn't even that concerned about it. His son was probably 12 years old. Let him go with this tribe for weeks on end, not knowing where he was, where he was going, how he was doing, because he understood taking a risk for the gospel, taking a risk for the kingdom is part of the package. And so I was talking to John about this, our response to the, the COVID-19 crisis. And he was, again, wondering why everyone was taking such drastic measures. And I had to be honest with him. I said, well, the reality is, John, unlike you who've lived in the circumstances that you've lived in, here in the United States, we've just gotten soft. We've just gotten soft. We want to avoid economic suffering at all costs. We want to avoid physical suffering at all costs. We don't want to be inconvenienced in any way. We've lost touch with the fact that suffering is a non-optional part of the curriculum of being a believer in Jesus Christ. And church, I want to tell you this. When God told Jeremiah, if you've run with the foot soldiers and they've worn you out, how are you going to run with the horses? Church, I want to tell you this. In spite of everything that I read about what's going on in the world right now, it's nothing. It is nothing compared with what is coming. Jesus says the time frame. That is coming that will announce his return. I don't know if it's going to happen in my lifetime or not, or in my kids' lifetime or not. I'll tell you this I believe that things are indicating that the season, the broader season, which will prepare for the return of Jesus Christ to the earth, is approaching us. Whether it happens in my lifetime or my kids' lifetime or not, the season is coming, and Jesus says that time frame will be the worst time frame that has ever existed in human history. There will never have been a time like it. What we're going through right now, what we may go through this year economically as a result of what's going on right now is nothing. It's nothing. We need to get ready, just like Jeremiah was called, to get ready, get your mind right, we, when, when God promises to keep us, to protect us, to help us to overcome, it doesn't mean we're not going to be affected by the circumstances that unfold. We will be affected by the circumstances that unfold. But what we need to exercise our faith to do is to endure what is coming. What we need to exercise our faith to do is to have our life purpose and our mission on this earth protected and fulfilled in spite of what is happening. And in spite of what we're going through, in spite of what challenges face us, we need to exercise our faith to trust God, to endure, to fulfill our life purpose. And God will keep us in the midst of that. So I'd ask you, church, are you exercising your faith to avoid suffering of any kind? If you are, you might be disappointed. God will give us strength and grace to endure suffering. Nowhere are we promised to escape suffering. On the contrary, it's a guarantee for us. When God turns up the suffering, he's offering us an opportunity to grow in godliness that will pay eternal dividends. Don't seek to to escape it. Embrace it. I, I like to use the analogy we really... We engage in voluntary suffering all the time. If you exercise, you're engaging in voluntary suffering. I do it all the time. We engage in voluntary suffering because we know it produces results that are worth the suffering. Amen? When you give, when you give money financially to the church, you're engaging in voluntary suffering. When you spend your time serving, uh, say, serving on a mission project, serving to help the needy, serving other people that need your help. You're engaging in voluntary suffering because you're using your time and your energy for a result that you feel like is worth it. Church, we need to exercise our faith in seasons like this one. Whatever comes as a result, God is at work. God is using it for some good purpose that is going to make the suffering worth it. That is faith. And So, church, I want to challenge you. Where is your faith at this morning? We can see, we can believe together and see that God uses this season in this time frame. God uses this season in this time frame to do something good that he wouldn't have otherwise done, just like he's been doing already. So, church, I want to encourage you to exercise your faith in this season, to see to it that God does something good that he wouldn't have otherwise done, both in your own life, in the churches all around La Mesa and Dawson County, the country, really. Believe that God would do something good that he wouldn't have otherwise done in our city. Listen, God is so creative and powerful, and and he can do more if we pay more attention to him Rather than the crisis or the drama, if we pay more attention to him, God will do things that he wouldn't have otherwise done. If we pray and believe and ask him, he will do things in this season that he wouldn't have otherwise done. So thank you for joining us this morning. And again, I want to encourage you. Follow up on our Facebook page. Follow up on our website. Uh, I would encourage you to dig into that video about the book of Jeremiah. There's a lot of lessons to learn from the life of someone like Jeremiah In regards to what may be coming in our country, life may go back to completely normal for now. But we need to be prepared in season and out of season. Things could come unhinged and get worse this year. We could have radical change that happens this year or not. The point is we need to be watching, we need to be praying, and we need to embrace whatever comes with an attitude of faith knowing God is going to do great things. Amen? Let's pray together. I want to pray for you. Father, we thank you that uh, you helped us to overcome challenges this morning. And Father, I just pray that your presence and your message blessed people who joined us online this morning. Pray that it would continue to do that as people watch it after the fact. And Father, we just pray that you would keep every heart and mind encouraged. Keep every heart and mind encouraged that there's hope. There's always hope. It's just a matter of what we want to focus on. Do we want to focus on the crisis or do we want to focus on some positive outcome that we want to believe God for? I encourage you to do that in this season. Father, thank you for planting seeds and ideas in minds and hearts that you want prayed. Positive outcomes. People speak them to you people believe you for them, and you do good things that you you wouldn't have otherwise been able to do. Father, we trust that you're going to do that in this season. Thank you that we'll get through it together. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, Amen. amen. Bless you guys.